We have a dream. We have a voice. This is the Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. The Anchor Nation. Hi, I'm your host, Kevin Touch, and we are the, the Anchor, Anchor Nation. Nation. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, host of the Anchor Nation Community Radio. And we're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation Pod, episode 65 with Josh Newton, also known as I'm Josh Newton on Instagram. Company of his uh, own company, actually, company president. He went from a marketing role or, or a minor role to the president, and it's just incredible what he does in the work of personal development and just how he manages everything as a concierge, basically, and oversees the operations of the president of his own company. Other than that, just a father and loving man, and just a really great dude overall. Check him out. Hello, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch, the host of Anchor Nation Community Radio. We're back with another episode of the Anchor Nation. Episode 65 with Josh Noon. And without further ado, I'll let Josh introduce himself. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, well, first of all, Kevin, thanks for having me on. Um, I guess to, to introduce myself, I'm the, the host of the I'm Josh Newton podcast where I really focus on helping people put their potential into practice. So really understanding who they are, you know, what the potential is in that and how to kind of get some practical things done in their life to really make that a reality, not just be looking at their potential and saying, if I could only live up to that, that'd be great. Um, And I'm also the president of a leadership development and training organization from the Pittsburgh area um, called the Newton Institute. So we do leadership development, strategy, and, and training work for, for leaders and companies across the nation. And actually, across the world, actually, because we have some Singapore clients as well now. So, that's so, me. That's awesome, Josh. And we'll definitely touch on the podcast and a little bit about the company in a couple later questions. But that aforementioned Anchor, how did you discover Anchor? Or who told you about Anchor? Question one. Um, I primarily got into anchor through um gary vaynerchuk and i'm sure you probably hear that pretty regularly <laughs> when you talk to people um, i just you know i've always kind of been into podcasts and so i really loved the idea and um you know i'm pretty sure it was one of his rants where he was saying you know if you're not making content for facebook and instagram and twitter and linkedin and soundcloud and then anchor and i was like i don't know that one um I better go check that app out. And so I went on the app store and, and searched for it and found it um, and made my very first um, recording. And just, I think it was me saying, Hey, this is me on anchor and I don't know what I'm doing. And <laughs> this is an interesting platform. So that was really the first thing that got me into it. No, anchors, anchors a great place. And you had those moments when I rookie moment, like, where do I do? Where do I go? But, yeah. yeah, Gary Vee is definitely the number one answer on this show. He always uh, seems to come up during each interview. That's a great. But you mentioned a little bit, actually, you answer question two. We'll spice it up a little bit about your podcast and what's it about. But the real question, too, would be how has your podcast evolved from that day one to now? Um, it, it's interesting. I, I So I consider myself somebody who, who goes things go through, goes through things, sorry, pretty rapidly. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm really used to being a beginner and stuff because I like to learn new things. I'm always kind of diving into new technologies or, you know, apps and, you know, ideas and concepts and things and stuff like that. Um, so I'm pretty used to being a beginner, 
but I'm also gotten really used to going from beginner to somewhat proficient really fast. Right. And so one of the very first things I started doing was, you know, just as everybody does with anchor, you know, putting the phone up to my ear, like I was talking and talking into it. And then, um, very quickly started to kind of explore some ideas around how to make my, uh, my audio a little bit better. And that started, you know, turning into me doing stuff like, you know, going into a closet using my Apple headphones instead of just talking into the phone and stuff like that. And really starting to explore some of those ideas. And, um, and just the fact that I was actually getting into how to get my audio quality up really made me start looking at like, what's the content I should really be putting out here? What can I really be talking about? And so just going through kind of fiddling around with the, the platform as a whole and how I could increase some of like my technical proficiency with it really got me thinking about the content I wanted to put out to podcasts. And that really got me thinking about it more seriously and wanting to do more with it. You know, I started getting in touch with people like yourself and other people on the, you know, the Anchor community and on the Anchor app right. and just started getting really inspired by a lot of the other people that are out there. To, to do something fun and that I thought would add value to people and that I thought would, you know, maybe be interesting to someone. That's a good point. I, th I think taking those innovative approaches and making things happen in a way where you start off small, you may not know what's going on, begin or add to, but then when you develop and find that spark of creativity or interact with some people, you start hitting on ideas and you start upping your podcast game. And would you say, just a real quick thought, would you say, since you're a personal development guy, would you say it's always been your personality since you were young or have you just been like that as you got older? Um, I think it's, it's actually kind of always been there. Gotcha. Um, I, so I think this actually came from some of like, so I played the guitar as well. I've always been like a musical person as well. Oh, okay. And um, I always found it really interesting how getting like a different amp or a new guitar or even just doing something silly, like changing your guitar strings and like forcing yourself to play a little bit, like gave you creative ideas. And so that's why I actually really like to explore different stuff. Cause whether it actually even has anything to do with that technology, that device, that concept, that idea, that topic, I always can get into something and it sparks some sort of creativity, whether that's in another area I've been you know, exploring or in that area to begin with. And so that's where I think it, it was natural for me to start toying around with the technical aspect of Anchor and have that actually lead into some of the creative aspect around how am I going to develop a show and content and, you know, some innovative things to talk about. And so I think that's always been something that's been kind of hardwired into me is to mess with something kind of technical right. and have that lead to something else. So well, that's a great question, though. No, no, it's a really interesting thought. No, absolutely. I was going to say like a trial by fire mentality where you just try things out, keep trying, 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 and then you keep innovating as you keep learning and you get feedback from those trials and make the best quality up. I got you. Yeah, absolutely. And, and question three, you talked a little bit about the role in your company, but what is your specific role in your company? Take us a little day-by-day -day action of Josh Noon. Um, well, so right now I'm still doing a little bit of transition stuff. Um, I actually spent the last majority of the year being the manager of technical marketing and what was called a, a senior um, training consultant. So I actually do help deliver some of the training and was doing a lot of our um, marketing, marketing um, strategy, stuff like that. And, uh, but just recently took on the role as president. I've been operating in that role for almost a month now. Um, it was official about a week ago. And so that's, 
that's really shifted what my focus has been on. So instead of focusing on some of the tactics of marketing and delivering trainings, um, I really find myself focusing a lot on kind of making some some major like kind of overarching decisions. Like we've been adjusting some of like our pricing models, um, working on what's the business model for the organization. How should we be adjusting that and uh, doing a lot of stuff just to make sure that everybody else on the team can really execute on their area of expertise as well as possible with as little distraction as possible. So, um, you know, one of I always consider one of my, roles and responsibilities is really to make sure that everybody else is as effective as possible. And if that mm-hmm. means I can take something off their plate, if that means that I can make sure somebody else is doing something that, you know, frees somebody else up, that's like a really critical path thing. Um, that's the type of stuff that I should be doing kind of not, I wouldn't say fighting fires, but removing barriers for people. That's a little team leader approach. I like that. You have to be that team leader to show and pave the way for others. And if you could take a task or something away from them and help them benefit them in the long run. That's a great way to look at. Yeah, absolutely. It's actually, it's, I feel like I'm, I'm cheating a little bit since we do leadership development and stuff. You know, I get to, I get to use some of our own stuff, you know, in leading the team. So, um, you know, I get, I can take all the free training I want from our, our course catalog here. So it's good. (laughs) It definitely, yeah, it definitely gives you more knowledge and more benefactors in the long run. And, and I don't, I want to save the follow-up question for question four. And just how is being president of your company changed your focus being the head man? Let's say before you were kind of, you know, sorting things out, but now being the head man, would you say you have to use time management, know where everything's at and be expect to be the leader as you move forward? Um, I think some of the, it's actually, that's a really good question because some of the, the time management stuff has been, really interesting uh just because you know as soon as i I took on the role of president right everybody wants my input on a lot of different stuff Mm -hmm. and um and you can even look at like my calendar like three weeks ago it was filled with a you know a meeting here a meeting there and then like today um you know i have i had a meeting starting right at 8 30 i had one at like nine o'clock and then i had one to get at 10 it's just like literally like back to back to back to back to back right and it's all stuff like hey you know we're we have this new course coming out, what should the pricing be? This, you know, we have a proposal coming up, you know, what kind of questions do we need to ask and what should that program look like? And, you know, all these kind of different things that come up and, um, you know, we're, we're kind of in a busy time. We have a lot of like potentially big new clients coming in, which is exciting, but that is causing a lot of those meetings and stuff like that too. But this whole idea of like kind of having your, your hand in a lot of different things and trying to help people, you know, be as effective as possible it really does kind of like chew up a good bit of time. So the time management is going to be something that I'm really going to have to keep my head above water on for sure. That's a good, interesting. No, that's a good point because time management organization, that's, that's like benefactors of what personal development is. I was just going to ask a follow-up question. Would you say go into these meetings and learning stuff about these conference calls even, or go into these things? Would you say you're broadening your knowledge too of how to run the company as you still progress? Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm nobody's, you know, gift to leadership or anything like that. So I'm learning along the way. Um, I, I have the benefit of, you know, we're part of a a larger kind of organization of companies. And so we actually had to have a shared services of like, you know, a, a shared CFO across multiple companies and a shared legal and HR and all this type of stuff. So I have a really good support team um, and I have people that I can really go to because I have, you know, our CFO is an accounting wizard, right? 
our in-house legal counsel, you know, can give me information on almost anything, right? And then our HR team is ridiculously strong. So for hiring, for compliance things, for all that type of stuff, um, you know, I almost don't have to be an expert on any of that right. because I really have a lot of people that can help me out. So, you know, having that team around is really helping me. And it's nice that I don't have to become an expert in a lot of these areas, but I am learning a lot about those different things as I engage them and ask them questions and really rely on them to help me out with a lot of the stuff they're the best at. That's a good point. Having, having that student of the game mentality and being that average guy in a little bit of everything, but not being the full on experts good because it broadens your horizons to different things. And you can rely on that team rather than, have more of the credibility and the and all the work fall on your shoulders, which is which is good to have, for sure. Yeah, and that's I mean that's always been, you know, it's funny. I, I was just giving a presentation the other day as part of one of our trainings, and I talked a little bit about kind of what my career progressions looked like and kind of the different roles I've had, and um, I had this re- really interesting realization where I've. I've looked at a lot of the other things I've done and I did see them as a role. So I've been in sales positions. I've been a recruiter. Um, I've been in it support. Um, you know, I've been a trainer. I've been on the marketing side of things on a technical standpoint. I've done lots of different stuff where I viewed it as a role. And now I actually look view kind of what I do more as kind of who I am versus the role that I play. And so, you know, I've always considered myself like, you know, jack of all trades, you know, master of none or like a multi-potentialite or, you know, a polymath, whatever you want to call it, right. right? Somebody who does a lot of different stuff and not a lot of different stuff poorly, but a lot of different stuff pretty well, <laughs> I'd like to say. Yeah, you dabble so and everything. It's not, gotcha. Yeah, it's not, it's not like I do a bunch of stuff and I'm really bad at all of it. It's I do a lot of stuff that I'm not like the utmost subject matter expert in any of them, but um you know, and that kind of comes along with that liking to learn new things and all of that. And so I can pick stuff up pretty easily and quickly, but it really, it has become useful. Cause like I get, I can talk to my developer on the website, right. And I can kind of get into his world. I can do that with our designer. I can do that with the product development team. Um, you know, I can speak accounting stuff with our CFO. Um, I'm completely lost when it comes to legal, I have to admit, but then, you know, on the, even on the HR side of things, I'm pretty familiar with how that works, but I don't have to be the utmost expert because I do have those people I can rely on. That's a good point. You, you can just dabble in a little bit of everything and just have those tidbits and know a little bit of each knowledge. And then when you, when you can rely on your team to back you up and maybe even use some evidence, that will really just help boost your standards along the way. As you said, just being that student and learning each time and quickly learning things. And you don't have to be the utmost guy. It's, it's okay just yeah. to be average and things work out for sure. Yeah. And I think it's not even so much about being like average. I mean, guys, that's who I am, right. As I, I learn right. lots of different stuff. I kind of dabble a lot. And I think it's more about just kind of figuring out what your strengths are and understanding where, like right. what you do the best. Right. So some people are great specialists and they focus in something really kind of narrow. And, um, and I to admit, I actually spent most of my life wishing I was that way. Um, but couple years ago, I kind of just realized that's not who I am. And so I stopped trying to be that. And what I found is like, that actually makes me really good in certain situations and really bad in other situations. So I just avoid the ones where it isn't a strength and really try to put myself in situations where that is a strength. And so I think that's what it's about. It's more about figuring out who you are and just executing on that versus you know, well, yeah, you should be good at lots of different stuff and not really good at anything, or you have to be really good at one thing. 
you know, you just got to figure out which one's your strength and go with it. That's, that's, that's it. Just find your strength, keep pushing on that strength and just keep using that strength to your advantage rather than focus on something that maybe it's not your strength and you just learn maybe down the road, but you hone in on that yeah. strength, good things happen. And that's actually a great segue to question five. You need strength and motivation. What are some effective motivational tips do you do to help get you motivated each day as a person? Oh man, that's interesting. Um, it's interesting because I don't know that I have a motivational tip mm-hmm. um, because I think what I'm, I guess I would say I'm really lucky that I don't know that I need a motivational tip because I've actually found something that I really care about and I really love to do. And I found myself, you know, working for now actually leading an organization that I think is really important and is doing really great work. And I work with really awesome people. And so I, I don't necessarily have a hard time getting up and getting out of bed and going to work. And so I guess my motivational tip would be don't necessarily find a way to be motivated in a crappy situation, find a way to get yourself into a good situation where you actually care about what it is that you do and you really love what it is that you do. Cause I think then you don't have to worry about being motivated <laughs> to be honest. I think I, I don't know really any other way. Cause I have had jobs where I absolutely hated what I was doing. And, you know, to be honest, I've had jobs where I used to daydream about having a car accident on the way to work because it, that seemed like a better option than actually going and sitting at my job for eight hours. So there was nothing that could have gotten me motivated in those positions. And I don't know that there's anything that would make me not want to go to work in the job. So I think that's actually the key. I'm not sure it's about finding a way to get motivated. Yes. Yeah, no, it is a, it's, a, it's a good point. It almost reminds me of get yourself into the situation where you feel comfortable than rather have to get motivated for some situation you're uncomfortable. You could just be self-motivated and be happy about what you're doing. You'll never need the motivation. It will just come right. naturally and things happen. That's a good point. I, I never, never thought of I that. Think, I think motivation is kind of temporary. You know, right. you can you can like read an inspirational quote. You can you know, do your, your meditation or you can like watch a video or like, there's like lots, lots of ways to get like kind of temporarily motivated, but that stuff all wears off. But if you're, if you really care about what you're doing and you feel like it's a really good fit and you've found something that's ideal for you, like you don't need that, that kind of five minutes of like hype to get you going in the morning. You don't need the, you know, I mean, you may still have little things to like kind of wake yourself up, get your energy up or something like that. You know, of course. Yeah. I'm not necessarily against like, you know, pre-gaming before a big meeting or something like that. Right. Like you get yourself kind of pumped up for like a stressful situation or something. But, um, you know, I think overall it's more about trying to figure out where you're supposed to be. And once you find that you won't really need that motivation to kind of get up in the morning anymore. That's a good point. I think it reminds me of the analogy of, when you talked about just the quickness of the, the jolt of energy, it reminds me of when you get a set of instructions, you might, you might, you know, know what's going on for the first couple minutes, but then tell me in an hour and, and it only, it only lasts for a short period of time. But if you can stay that motivated course and, and do all the instructions and do what you got to do, then you really won't have to worry about that inspirational quote anymore. You'll just, you'll be the inspiration, which is, which is a yeah. good thing for each day. And Absolutely. Quite- and question six, this is, this is actually a good 
not really good segue, but just a really good question about the marketing side. What are some factors you consider when marketing the company now as the president? Is there anything enhanced or is there something you have to do to just keep going with it and get your name out there? Um, well, we're kind of – we've almost been in a startup mode for about two years or so. And mm-hmm. we've, we've kind of gone down a certain direction. And I think what we've realized is that that's not working that great for us. And so we're almost kind of going back into a startup mode, redefining a bit of what we, what we do. And we're, we're redefining, you know, kind of our go to market or flagship type of product. And so the, the biggest thing that we're doing is like, we're, we're actually just responding to what the market's been telling us. You know, I keep, we keep having these discussions recently about some of the pricing for like this new product that we're really starting to lead with. And, um, and I'm like, you know, we can look at how much it costs us to produce it. We can look at how much it costs us to deliver it and say how much we think we need to tack on to that to get the price. But in the end, that's not what determines the price. It's actually what people are willing to pay for it that determines right. the price. And then we have to figure out how to get the cost low enough that we make money on that, right? And so I think the biggest thing is like you have to be – you have to kind of like play within – the real world and understand that like there's something there's a price that people are willing to pay for your product and stuff like that. And you can't ultimately you can't control that. You can try to sell on value instead of price, but people are going to make up their minds whether that's too much or not. And we're really trying to put ourselves in the shoes of their potential buyer and say, what are their problems? What's their pain point? What are they really dealing with on a daily basis? And how do we meet that? And not just be a, you know, a band-aid for their problem or their solution, but actually turn that into a major positive for them. And so I think that's the big thing we're focusing on now that's that I'm hoping and mm-hmm. I think is really going to make us successful. Interesting. You, more now would you real quick follow up there, would you say more individual client work is better for you with the marketing side, or do you feel it doesn't matter and you can just collaborate all at once and, and still continue to grow? Um can you be more specific with your question? Yeah, sure. Well, <laughs> no, I, well, like, would you say just more one-on-one attention with like anybody would be better oh, okay. rather, rather than like group, or, or or does it not matter? Well, I think there's there's a certain amount of like mass appeal you want a product to have, gotcha. right? Um, but I think it's for us, it's been really trying to get some FaceTime and some conversations going with people that we think represent a larger group of people that might want to buy our product. And so it's not necessarily like, you know, well, an individual person and everything they say is like what we, what we do, but it's, you know, who's, who's this person? Do they, do we think they represent kind of a larger body of possible right. customers and people that would see a lot of value from our product and service and, you know, not necessarily what's their very specific and individual need, even though that is kind of important to us, but what does that kind of represent about the whole of people who might be buying this? That's really what we've been trying to focus on. Absolutely. So it's, it's a little bit of both. It's kind of a balance. Absolutely. I was just going to say a balance because you have to find that representative. You don't want too much attention on just yet. And it's just a process of getting that balance to where you need. Then you can start honing in on you know, where to market and who, does, and who best represents the company or, or the product or service, as you said. And again, yeah, and I think it's, it's also a balance of finding um, – because we spent a good bit of time the past couple of years really focusing on people who really loved our product. Right. And I think a lot of times that is important, right? You know, focusing on you know, why are people buying from you? 
but we've also spent some time, you know, focusing on, you know, why aren't people buying from us? Right. You know, so wanting to improve. And again, I think there's a balance there of not just focusing on why certain people don't buy from you because you may find out there's a reason why people don't buy from you and that's okay. And there's a certain segment of the population who isn't going to buy from you, right? There's people who don't need your product or service, right? But there's a, I think there's a combination of, you know, wanting to interview your raving fans and figure out how to keep them like staying. And there's people who don't like your product or haven't seen success from it and really asking them, you know, what's, why didn't it work? What don't you like about it? And improving it and kind of finding the balance of, you know, where are we seeing that if we had fixed this for this person, that would have also helped somebody who already likes our product, right? And there's a lot of kind of high return on investment opportunities in that space, I think. That's that's a good point. Fine tuning the stuff that doesn't work out or something that doesn't appeal to the customer, the consumer, and still fine tuning the successes and keep going with and rolling with that. That not only is it a balance, but it's a game of where if you can get that, you can find that magic, you'll still have somebody. It's it's like with the consumer market, you'll still have somebody who just doesn't like it and then you gotta find that. Right. It's all fine tuning. It, it definitely is a it's a process and it's a slow developing one for sure, but when you definitely start to get the hang of it, start to smooth out. Yeah, I mean if you think of like a an iPhone, right? It's like there's people mm-hmm. who they're not interested in an iPhone. Right. It's like there are diehard Android people, there's diehard like tinkerers and people like that who like they just don't want an iPhone. Right. And so Absolutely. appealing to them isn't doesn't help Apple in any way. But talking to people who have a propensity to buy an iPhone and finding out, you know, if if you had, had another option that would have been a little bit better, like what would it have looked like? Right. And improving on what your possible customers want. That's kind of that overlap or that intersection you have to find, I think. That that's true. You don't want to, you don't you don't also want to overcorrect and just focus on how can we absolutely just shift them over to uh, iPhone or Apple when they're right. just diehard Android users, and then you wasted time on that because they'll never switch, and then you, you kind of lose product time. But I, I understand what you're saying. It's definitely a balance of goes back to time. You got to find the right time, right people, and the right market, and make sure you fine tune again. And yep. and we talked a little bit about personal development earlier. But for question seven, how is working with your personal development benefit others into inspiring them into their personal development? Um, that's a good question. I feel like I actually, I try to apply like everything I learn about myself to how I can help other people. Mm-hmm. And I also try to look at anything that I find that I feel like helps somebody else and see if that applies to myself. And so I always look at, you know, what I'm doing in my own kind of personal development, my own, you know, learning and stuff like that as a, you know, a, a testing ground or, you know, I use myself all the time as a guinea pig. Um, and I always like to, to think of it as like, you know, if you're a, a personal trainer, right. And it's like just five sets of 10 on bench press work. And it's like, well, let me mm-hmm. try it. Right. You know, and just because it doesn't work on you doesn't mean like that's the end of your research. But if it does work on you, it's like that's an interesting data point, right? And so I think always having kind of tried things out yourself or, um, you know, tested things out on yourself is always a good thing because you can at least talk from personal experience. And then, you know, as you start to take that outside of your own little sphere, you can always kind of learn more about that. So it, it's always helping me 
to kind of like work on things on my own. And it's always helping me to help other people grow and develop because I'm always learning something from that as well. So I think there's a lot of overlap between, you know, your own personal development and how you're able to help other people for sure. And that's true. Sometimes it all starts with it. You have to realize that when you look at someone else's personal development, you may not real. and actually we'll talk about this follow-up question. You may not realize that you might have the similar characteristics or similar personalities and the real quick follow-up question, I know you did something with a personality test where you pick stuff mm-hmm. out. You want to explain a little bit about that? Because I took that and that, that was very interesting. Yeah. So it's actually one of the, one of the major shifts I had in some of the stuff I was doing kind of like in my career and my, my journey as it, you know, as I usually talk about it, um, mm-hmm. I was doing some recruiting for um, our company and spent a lot of time just thinking, okay, that was cool. I get to talk to new people. You know, I get to spend some time on the phone. I liked that. I like talking to new people and learning about them and stuff. And, um, and then we were going to start doing this tool around, you know, develop understanding people's personalities and how it's a fit for a role. And it was, it was one of those things where it wasn't just, okay, I picked that up quickly because I can learn quickly. It was just like, this all seems like it just makes an unbelievable amount of sense to me immediately. And so it was just something that I picked up really, really fast, immediately started getting connected actually with the company that was doing the training for us um, and became a consultant for them and started doing that with some clients. And, and it's funny because I, mm-hmm. the tool's not really designed for it, but I actually love to use it for individuals just to kind of give them some self-awareness about themselves. And it's not that the tool's not really designed for that. I guess I probably shouldn't describe it that way, but it's really supposed to be more of a workforce planning, um, hiring and team building and performance management type of tool. But there's so much, you know, I think information you give to somebody when they start to become a little bit self-aware about how they're hardwired and what their strengths are. And maybe even what some of the, even the fact that some of those things that they probably know about themselves are a good thing versus a bad thing. That's like a major shift that I see a lot of people make when I do that type of work with them. And so it, it, it just, I, for me, it's a lot of fun. It's, I actually feel selfish when I get to do it, even though I know it's benefiting somebody else. Cause I'm like, this <laughs> is just a lot of fun. I just love to go through it with someone. So it's, it's a lot of, it's really interesting. It's not something I get to do a ton as much now that I'm focused kind of on the, the company here, mm-hmm. but, um, you know, I still have to, I still do that with some clients and I've actually started to introduce that into some of our training clients as well. So I still get to do it a little bit. No, it's, it's good though, because it keeps your mind and it keeps your, your energy level high. I think that's it's something you enjoy doing, whether it be anything in the world, but in your case with personal development, you find something that maybe, Hey, this person has the same personality traits, you know, let's say responsibility or hardworking or, or whatever the case may be. And you can vibe with that and you can, really feel their energy too and make an impact in their in their personal development and i'm glad you focus on the strength too we talked about the strength and the good when you start looking at the strength and the good you'll you really move on to better things yep absolutely the question maybe more of a fun question here if you could talk to any ceo or president of any company in the world who would it be and why um well to i guess get weird with your question does the person have to be alive it can be live, <laughs> alive, dead, doesn't matter. Um, it would be, I don't know, this might be a stereotypical answer, but uh, Steve Jobs, absolutely. Steve, yeah. Um, 
I don't know if you've ever watched like the the Lost interview with Steve Jobs. It's actually out on like Netflix, and um, and it's this really cool interview of him. I believe it's like in 1995. So it's after he was kind of pushed out of Apple, you know, the company that he founded, and he had started like Next Computers, and they weren't doing all that hot. This is before Pixar became popular um, and stuff like that. And so it's a really interesting interview because you don't see too many interviews of Steve Jobs. You just really don't. Um, But in this interview, he has absolutely nothing to sell anyone. He has absolutely nothing to lose. And he's just extremely open and transparent about stuff. And it's like an hour and a half long of him just being asked questions. And, And he just kind of like lets loose on certain things like, you know, at one point the interviewer says, what does, um, you know, what's wrong with companies like Microsoft and IBM? And he goes, you know, I just don't think they have any taste. And it was just like, Oh my gosh, you know, shots fired. (laughs) Right. You know, it's just, it's so funny just to watch him be so open about it, but you really get to start seeing how he thinks and the way he was just super innovative. And you actually start to understand kind of like why, he was the way that he was and what drove him and all this like really interesting stuff. And you, you can look at everything that Apple's done and see, you know, they have a, an innovation DNA and, you know, they value, you know, products and craftsmanship and all this stuff, but kind of just watching that interview and everything made me realize like how deep that actually went with him as an individual. And so I just think there's so many cool things you could pull out from, you know, spending even like an hour with a guy like that. I think it would be really cool. Yeah, I think digital innovation, excuse me, digital innovation, what Steve stood for and being a people's man and being the man of the people, in a sense, he wanted to deliver the best product and yet still have the knowledge to tell it like it is really made it more versatile in any industry to it as a worldwide mm-hmm. star for sure. Well, and it, it's interesting the way he just, he never, he absolutely never accepted the way things were. Right. He always wanted them to be better or saw how they could be better. And didn't really let anything kind of stand between what his vision was and where he was right now. You know, I think that was one of the other things that really stood out, you know, in some of the research I've done about him and stuff like that. It's just, he, he was like, this is the way things should work. And he was just wouldn't stop until it worked that way. Right. And so I just, I thought that was really cool. And that really stood out to me. And so he'd be somebody I'd love to be able to pick their brain about some of the stuff that, that we're doing and stuff like that. So had that drive mentality that never, never settle. Had that drive mentality, never settle and, and find the right way, despite there's many things in the product that could be wrong, still never settled and kept trying new things to get to the end goal and the, the promised land of a company, for sure. Yeah, we actually, it's funny, we, um, we talked about partnering with somebody who did a, a, a leadership kind of like workshop slash seminar thing around that Steve Jobs the Lost interview. And um, we actually wanted to work with that person and get that out on our kind of online course and, and training platform. And uh, we, we got all the way through the point where we were actually talking to the legal department of like Apple and the Steve Jobs estate and they shut us down. So it was a bummer. But we, we actually were, were really trying to put out a course that was like leadership lessons, you know, from a, an interview with Steve Jobs or something like that. I, we weren't sure what we were going to call it, but um, you know, we, we didn't get permission to use some of the, the information. It was kind of a bummer, but, uh, it's, it's still something I'm, I'm hoping we get to do at some point. No, that's a good point. You, you still, you still use that as motivation though, to say, yeah, I almost had on the doorstep, but you, you'll get there one day, which is always a, it's always a plus. You just got to keep trying. Never know where 
things will work out in networking and whatnot for sure. Yep. Yep. And our final final two questions here, what is your goals in the next five years, whether it be personally, work, Anchor, just anything you want to share with the Anchor Nation? Well, um, I'm I'm really enjoying the whole podcast thing, which is kind of a a combination, kind of like work and personal thing, I guess. Yes. Um, Because it's, it's tied really closely to the work that we do. And so I'm really hoping that that kind of continues and it keeps giving me opportunities to kind of open doors to talk to some really cool people. And um, I've already had some like pretty cool experiences where the the last interview that went out on my podcast, which is probably another thing I'm probably gonna be doing more of is doing interviews um, because I think that's something people are really enjoying is was somebody that was from a podcast that actually kind of got me into podcasting. And so that oh, was wow. pretty cool. You know, I reached out to him and was like, Hey, I've been, you know, listening to your podcast for a while. I really love it. You know, would you kind of be willing to come on the show and, and talk about your journey and stuff like that and what it's been like to, to get to the point where you are. And, um, and he was like, yeah, sure. That'd be great. And so it was just like, okay, uh, <laughs> that's, that's cool. Yeah, wow. And then um, had, so that was, that was actually the, one of the co-hosts of the, a podcast called the Barbell Shrug podcast, which is a, like a CrossFit strength and conditioning podcast that, Everybody should check out if they haven't seen that before. Um, and Mike Bledsoe was the the co-host name who I, I got to talk to. And he has his own podcast as well. He's a super cool guy. Um, really interesting story and, you know, just tons of insight from him was really cool. And then um, I'm actually working on an interview episode right now with the managing editor of Cool Material, which is a really cool website and um in newsletter and actually store on online and so uh mike from from cool material sat down with me for like an hour and we we talked about all kinds of cool stuff so that was really exciting because um i told him i said you know i get a hundred newsletters in my email inbox every day but cool material is actually the one the one that every time i see it i actually open it and look at it (laughs) so so i was just like how can you possibly come out with that much interesting stuff you know, on a daily basis that I actually want to look at that given how much noise comes across the email in 2018. Um, so that was a cool conversation with him. And so I'm really hoping the podcast just continues to kind of let me talk to really cool people and, you know, kind of grow personally with that. And right. then um, on the work side of things, you know, it, it's really this kind of change in our, our focus and our, you know, tip of the spear offering here that, that we're getting out there is really, trying to get that to a point where we're almost relaunching as, you know, a slightly different, you're not changing our branding or our name or anything like that, but it's a slightly different organization with a slightly different focus and really getting to kind of what we think our DNA is, which is around, you know, innovation and equipping people and really kind of awakening them to a new way of thinking about leadership. So that's really my goals there, both kind of on the personal side and Mm -hmm. professional side and all mixed together. So that's a good point. I think that with the podcast, we'll start off with that. You get those, you get those opportunities and to express yourself with audio. It's a new, it's a new world. It really is that yeah. you can open up and I'm glad you saw the innovation side that maybe this, this is cool to get some more interviews going because that's the wave and maybe you can see and expand with that. And then as far as, and you just tied it in perfectly with the personal development. When you do an interview or you do something with somebody else, you personally grow to get their story, know what it's like, share a couple moments on the show and, and, and it could be great. And then work just continue to do your thing, kind of that changing of the guard transition into the president role. And once you settle in, by the time five years rolls around, you'll you'll know where you're going, you'll know where you're headed, and, and things will start to get even more clearer and keep adapting each and every day. 
Yep. That's the hope, at least. <laughs> that is the hope, for sure. And, and our final question is always a fun one. Is what is one thing you'd like to tell the Anchor Nation that they may not know about you? And it could be a fun fact. Oh, man. Um, well, I don't talk about a ton of personal stuff on my podcast. So there's probably a lot of stuff I could bring out. But um, one of the things that a lot of people don't know about me, especially that I work with or that you know I kind of have a professional relationship with, is that um, – so when I went into college, I was a music major um, and ended up graduating with a computer information systems degree. But I spent most of my time in high school being completely obsessed with music right. and in, protect, in particular being part of a screamo band. So that was my, uh, my weird kind of obsession going through high school. Oh, wow. A lot of people don't know that about me. So, <laughs> Oh, man, that must have been an interesting experience. What, what is Screamo just for uh, people out there? Is that like a mixture of type of music or is it just straight up like rock, rock and roll band? Um, it's, a, it's kind of a mixture. Um, if you think of, you know, I guess what a lot of people think of metal, it's a little bit different than that. And uh, it kind of combines it with some elements of like hardcore music and, gotcha. um, you know, kind of the emo craze that was going through at the early 2000s. Um, you know, so if you think of like Dashboard Confessional mixed with a metal band, that was kind of like us. <laughs> there you go. If anyone talks to Josh about emo or screamo music, definitely take him to a concert for sure. But yeah, but, but uh, Josh, thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate your time, my man. But before you go, would you like to DM your social media so people can find you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you can find me kind of anywhere under the. Uh, the username I'm Josh Newton. So just I am Josh Newton. Uh, I'm that way on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn, actually, and Anchor. So everywhere you can possibly think of, that's my user handle. There it is. I'm Josh Newton. Everywhere you can find him. Josh, thank you again once again. Anchor Nation, as always, thank you for your undivided attention, not only to myself, but the interviewee. It's been a pleasure, Josh. Have a great one, buddy. Thanks, Kevin. Hi, Anchor Nation. This is Kevin Touch of Anchor Nation Community Radio, and I'd like to say thank you for listening to the Anchor Nation podcast. If you'd like to book an interview or DM me on Instagram, follow me at the Anchor Nation. If you'd like to follow us on Twitter, it is also under the Anchor Nation. Thank you for listening and enjoy.